1: not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did.
0: I promise
3: you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey. Empowered
1: and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hi, this is Ibi Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning
3: podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I had a great time interviewing both Cindy and Justin Muchnick. Cindy is Justin's mom. Cindy is the author of The Parent Compass, Navigating Your Teen's Journey in Today's Competitive World, and Justin, her son, is the author of The Boarding School Survival Guide. Cynthia Klumek-Muchnik, who goes by Cindy, is a graduate of Stanford University and has been working in education for the past 25-plus years as a former assistant director of college admissions, high school teacher, educational consultant, and author of five education-related books and four wedding marriage proposal books. Her first children's alphabet book comes out in spring 2023. She speaks professionally to parents, students, teachers, and businesses on topics like study skills, the adolescent journey, college admission, and now the parent compass movement. Justin is a boarding school graduate of Phillips Academy Andover. In college at Stanford, he majored in Classics and American Studies with a minor in Art History. He is the author of three books and has published many scholarly articles. He is now an 8th and 10th grade English teacher in Boston and is pursuing his master's in education at the University of Pennsylvania. Welcome, Cynthia and Justin. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss, well, so many things. Cynthia's 8 million books that she's written, especially The Parent Compass, Navigating Your Teen's Wellness and Academic Journey in Today's Competitive World, and then Justin's own book, which I bought randomly when my son was going to boarding school, which he wrote, and that's just so crazy. So you guys, tell listeners about all of the great work that you do. Justin, why don't you start and tell us about. About the boarding school survival book that you wrote and how you even became a writer. How old are you even? What, like 20? What are you?
4: I look a little younger than I am. I'm, I'm 23. I just graduated from college in 2020, and I've been I've been teaching English, actually, since I graduated at a private high school in Boston. Uh, I think I got the writing gene from, from my mom, and she really encouraged me from a young age to to kind of find my passion. And one of my passions happens to be writing and surprise, surprise, I'm an English teacher. <laughs> but this Boarding School Survival Guide, the book that I wrote when I was in high school was more my brainchild than my mom's in the sense that I was a boarding school student. I, I went to Andover Boarding School in Massachusetts and one thing that was difficult for me when I was applying to all of these boarding schools as a kid from California who really didn't know what boarding school was beyond you know, Hogwarts and Harry Potter was that it was hard to find good, reliable information from kids on, on their boarding school experiences. And I, as a, as a boarding school student, kind of wanted to step in to fill that void and to make it easier for, for future generations of boarding school applicants and students, but 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 really applicants to, to to get a sense of what life was like at boarding school. And so I enlisted the help of of a lot of different current and former boarding school students. I've sent out emails to you know heads of English departments, different, you know, writing clubs on on boarding school campuses. And I got you know 26 or 27 other boarding school students to contribute chapters to this book, the boarding school survival guide, which I hoped, you know, provided kind of a robust and and somewhat accurate picture of of what boarding school life lo- was from the perspective of students. And I, I'm I'm glad and and honored that it that it's in some small way helped you and 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 your family on, on on your own boarding school journey. And that's that's music to my ears and exactly what I was hoping that this book would have done. So it's 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 really great to hear that 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 it, it did was that
3: perfect. I was like searching for books because I search for books to help me with everything and help assume that they will help everybody else even though I end up reading them all so yes it was also a good survival guide to read as a parent so yeah I'm just I was like was so tickled I'm glad we even put that together so tickled oh my gosh I'm I'm now talking like Chelsea who, who works with me it's so funny that's what she always says anyway so Cynthia first of all you must be so proud how cool is that to have like a published author's son already before he even it, got to college I mean that's amazing wow it was
1: really cool I mean in tr- I, you know, saying this out loud, even though professionally my career, I've been a writer. Justin is a much better writer than his mother. And he, he edits almost every word that I still write as an adult. I enlist his support. And it's wonderful when the roles can shift and your kids like are better than you at things and you can lean and rely on them and feel like they're taking care of you. So I feel very lucky. And yes, I'm, I am a very proud mom, but you know, he's his own thing. Justin kind of, When after boarding school, it was something we'd never experienced as a family. And I was heartbroken, honestly, at the time when he brought the idea to us. And I think he can look back and say it was a great choice that he made for himself.
3: So That's great, Maya. It's so funny. Someone posted... On Facebook, the essay I wrote when my son was going to boarding school, when I was like heartbroken and sobbing, I'll send it to you after. But it's somewhere it. on my website, but it's like so good for this time. L- I looked back at it and I was like a mess. Like I remember when that happened, I was sitting somewhere. I feel like we were in like services and s- somewhere with my husband, and I was just like sobbing. And he's like, he's still with us. Like we haven't lost him. And I'm like, it's not the same. Anyway,
1: so I know if we were soul sisters and some. <laughs> way we definitely I had that same crying phone call to my own mother and she said you know your kid is asking you for a kind of educational experience that you know he wants you to be able to provide and how can you say no to that when he wanted to go for you know his own reasons of you know what were your reasons it's cool to be smart yeah. and find teachers that you know teach you around a circular table and have small conversations and so you know it was it was hard as a parent as you're seeing but at the same time how could we, you know, turn it down when he just wanted it for all the right reasons. So it's really impacted his journey. Now he's a teacher. So here we go. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
3: I know. I felt like before, I mean this is so well, maybe I shouldn't even say this, but before I had a child who went to boarding school, I thought that parents who sent their kids to boarding schools, like I'm like, I could never do that because I love my kids so much. And do they not love their kids? How can they not want their kids at home? And like, you know, as one of these I I shouldn't even say that I thought that. I mean I'm sure but anyway, it's obviously completely not true. And I feel like it takes so much to send them away because that's not what you want, or at least it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted him home with me, but that's what he wanted. He knew it would be right for him, and it was, and it's been amazing. But, you know, it's it's a bummer for the parents, so...
1: I know. And I have three more kids just like you, Ziggy, yeah. and none of them chose that path. Yep. So they lost their brother to some degree in some informative, you know, important years. But Justin is a great communicator. He stayed in close touch. We He allowed us to come to campus and visit from time to time. And we, you know, he was home for all the breaks. So, yeah. you know, we forged in some ways, I remember hearing this from a mom ahead of me in the journey saying we forged kind of a deeper relationship, then maybe we would have had he stayed home. And I wouldn't wish him away, but I I, you know, know how much that time really meant to him and and really watched him grow into a young man. Aww.
3: So and for those listening who couldn't see at the very beginning, Cynthia was, you know, smoothing out Justin's hair as if he's not 23 years you old.
4: So. Job, I still have a, <laughs> a, a strand or <laughs> two.
3: <into it. laughs> oh my gosh. So wait, go back to you for a second, Cynthia. So how did you get started on all of the writing and all of the Advice and like your whole like, t- you know. Tell me the whole. S- tell me the story. Yeah. So,
1: so, just in a nutshell, Zibi, my writing started a hundred years ago in 1996 when my then high school boyfriend proposed to me during a game of Scrabble at the road dance. Oh, oh, my college boyfriend. My college, not my high school boyfriend. I was like, my oh, boyfriend. impressive. Okay.
4: <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, was there another proposal that I didn't know about? Um, <laughs>
1: anyway, Adam proposed to me on a park bench at the Rodin Sculpture Garden in Paris while playing Scrabble. It was a very unique marriage proposal. And he scattered the words, will you marry me? During our scrabble game. And when I started dating him, I had to become very Scrabble, you know, savvy. I love
3: Scrabble, by the way. Yeah, That's, we're
1: obsessed yeah. The family. We play hundreds of games. I mean, during COVID, like we have multiple boards going on. We play its foursomes. We play as twosomes. It's all my kids know every two-letter word, every keyword with no I. Like we're not very social players anymore because we know all these tricks. But in any event, after the marriage proposal, I started telling Adam's people, someone should write a book of these proposal stories. And I said it so many times that he said, why don't you do that? And I So I bought a book on how to write a book. I bought the writer's market and I bought I don't know how to market your books back in 1996. And I sent off this proposal to back in the day with a self-addressed stamped envelope and, you know, to 30 publishers. And six months later, someone called me from Macmillan, which was a division of Simon & Schuster and said, hey, is your proposal book finished? And I almost like my jaw hit the ground. I just went, what? You know, And I was at the time in graduate school and writing an honors thesis. And, you know, suddenly I was calling all my friends and collecting everyone's proposal stories. And so that I became the country's foremost engagement expert at that time and did, you know, back then the talk show circuit and the radio show circuit. It was hilarious. And then I wrote a couple wedding books and, but my background was really college admissions. So one of the books I wrote was a college essay book back in 1997. And then that turned into a private college counseling practice. So while the kids were little and for about 15 years, I ran a company out of my home, helping kids apply to college. And so out of that love came some study skills books, on study skills and time management, and a getting ready for college book, and another college essay book. And then I just hit a wall and was like 10 books and four kids and I am just I have nothing else to say. <laughs> and then in March 2019, the college admission scandal broke. And I called a friend, a colleague, Jen Curtis, who is now my co-author of the parent compass. And we both just felt like we got punched in the stomach. We couldn't believe how extreme this news was. And the two of us just felt like we needed to send a clear message to parents on how to stay on the right side of things, A, without breaking the law, but B, while keeping their kids' mental health intact. And we were seeing students come into our office that couldn't self-advocate, that were listless, that were unhappy that were, they felt pushed, they felt exhausted. And we just wanted to try to teach their parents from what we'd learned from our own mistakes, but also from our, you know, our own mistakes as moms, but our own mistakes and, and things we'd observed in our offices through the years. And so the Parent Compass was born then really kind of as a result of the scandal, but turned into just, we, we really want to write a parent etiquette book. And we have had, even though it came out right in the middle of COVID, right when your book came out, Zibi, we have just felt this surge of how important the message is to get out, to really check yourselves as a parent and, and pay attention to the signs of understanding that this is our own kid's journey. And how do we teach them to speak for themselves? And how do we teach them to be young adults? Because if we coddle and push and manage and fix everything, then they don't learn these skills that they need. And they're unhappy and miserable and, and little you know robots. And so then when COVID hit, the book kind of took on a different kind of relevance with so many kids at home. And so it still made sense to us. It was about to go to press. COVID hit. We panicked. We reread the book. We made a few minor changes, but we found that it's just the message has resonated. So we're really excited. And this is a, a full partnership book. So if Jen could be sitting right in between us, she would be here too. So that's kind of a bit of the journey, but anyway, it's been a lot of fun and we've, you know, we've enjoyed it. Wow.
3: That's amazing. Well, think about all the people you've helped along the way with all sorts of things, you know, 10, I don't think you'll ever be done, right? Because there's always more to write about You know, you can write about being a grandmother eventually and you can I, write about, I, I mean- I'm,
1: I'm writing for your platform now. Yeah. I'm writing Mom's Don't Have Time and I have some new ideas for you for oh, that. Good. Yeah, I, I do randomly have my first children's book coming out in 2024. I know you have one too. I do. And so congratulations. Wait, tell me about that. yours. It's um, very, it's it's kind of silly. It's an alphabet book. So, you know, I'll have something to read to my grandchildren. No rush, Justin, on that.
4: I'm not rushing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, honestly honestly, um, it's embarrassing. It was a book that, that I had an idea about when Justin was little because I'll embarrass him by saying he was very obsessed with construction sites and construction trucks. As a small child, we would go watch construction trucks for fun, building things and the garbage truck. And he had a construction site birthday party where like, you know, we had a little, the kids like brought sponges and we washed the little Bobcats that we run. And so it's a construction site alphabet book, <laughs> which is very different than anything I've done, but I just, it was a way for me to, to cross over into trying, trying out this. And it's very weird to write a book so short after writing a book that takes a lot longer, but anyway. So That's
3: amazing. That so
1: maybe, maybe we'll come back and talk about that in 2024. <laughs> yeah, look at
3: that. You're already queuing it up. Amazing. Love it. I hope I'm still doing this. When is 20, what year are we in now? 2021. I know it's so funny. I I keep like making all these. You know. Like, oh great, your next book. And I'm like, I guess I'm just going to keep at it for as long as I don't know. I guess
1: I'm because going to be like your kids are going to be pushing you in the wheelchair as you read the
3: books and you knit. Oh and my you, gosh. You know, No rush,
1: no rush to that, but no, you've, you've
3: done a great job. No, 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 stop. No, we're talking about your book. Nope, not about, (laughs) but thank you.
0: Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
1: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company.
2: They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts.
3: Well, there were some great things in here. And by the way, I did read this while I was with my son, the boarding school son. And I was like, Ooh, okay. So let me ask you some of these questions, you know? And so I started asking from the quiz and everything like, you know, Oh, there was one that wait, let me find the one that we had the best conversation about. I mean, all these are great. Like what activities, what do you, what do you wish your parents knew about you and your school? But there were some other ones at the beginning. Wait, hold on. Let me find a few. (laughs) Yeah. What's your biggest dream in life? What have you always wanted? wanted to try if you could start your own nonprofit, what would it be? He actually had an answer for that, so that was a good one. What would the title of your autobiography be? What's your tennis ball? What's the thing that you chase as intently as a dog chases a tennis ball? What are you trying to get better at? I mean, I know, like it's just such a good idea. I mean, to like, if I were smart, what I would have done is like do a little video of him answering all your questions. Well, you still can. Yeah, maybe I, love I, that. I see. I am smart. There you go. Oh, I'm kidding. No, but it's it would be neat for him to have that to look back on later as well. Like these are. It's a good stopgap. And I feel like there's kind of a void, and I haven't really researched too heavily, but like books about dealing with teens do not like pop up regularly. People aren't pitching those books. like. And I haven't done a similar, you know, boarding school deep dive on the way I did to find Justin's book. Not even so deep. That's the one that came up. But it's really, really important. I mean, it's so important. And there are like 8 million advice books on how to get through having a baby. And yeah, that's really hard. But like... This is also really hard. This is like emotional, you know, (laughs) I don't even know, finals or something, right?
1: I think for parents to go through adolescence shoulder to shoulder with their teens is something you don't prepare for. You just figure, oh, I've got through those hard early years. I've kept them alive. You know, they haven't choked on a Lego and they haven't, you know, broken too many bones. And now we're at this time period where, you know, lots of movies have been made about, you know, parenting adolescents And And Jen and I just felt like there wasn't this guidebook that kind of could hold your hand as a parent and say, here's some good do's and don'ts, but also would force you really as a parent to look hard back at your own history of the way you were raised, the way you, what you were like as a teenager, you know, your academic path and how it differs from each of your children's journeys and their personalities and their birth order and and their proposed academic path. And I think the key message or one of the key takeaways from the book is to really appreciate it's just the child you have in front of you to not try to inauthentically create someone different than who they are and what they like. I mean, Justin and I have some amazing interests we share and we have some interests that are so different. And I've learned to appreciate the things that he's interested in because he's my son and it excites him. I mean, I knew nothing about, you know, classical literature or about, you know, Latin or Greek or things that just were different and new to me. And I learned a lot from him and appreciated his interest. And I think As a parent, we have a duty to let them be the teenagers, let them make the choices and not try to force a path that might not, you know, fit for them. So it's taken a long time for me to be able to say those words. You know, people kept saying, When are you going to write the parenting book? And I said, I'm only as knowledgeable as my oldest child and I'm no real expert. But having worked with all these families for years and sort of seeing some parents who seem to do it right or better, and see some parents who are trying so hard that it's smothering their kids and and micromanaging their kids and, and forming that relationship that, you know, I want to I want my kids to like me when this is all over. Justin got came home for the summer. He seems to enjoy hanging out with I, us. I
4: think so. I, you know? <laughs> I'm still trying to get you to learn Latin, but um
1: <laughs> You know, we wanna raise people that still think, you know, we did our best and we tried hard. And I think when your kids see you reading a book about parenting better, they say, Wow, you know, you really wanna, you know, we can admit that we're not perfect and that we want to try harder and and do better and we can do that every day of the week we can read the book in a weekend and just start trying some of these things that that may help so
3: and justin did you vet all these all these chapters like did you read it and make sure that it it was all good and i let
4: my my mom and and jen her co-author do do most of the, the heavy lifting there i came in i guess for some of the some of the very minute proofreading and, and all of that, which my mom sometimes likes to use me for, but this was their book. And I let them tell kind of their story and get on their soapbox for it.
1: Yeah. He let me write a little bit. I had to get permission because there are a couple stories about my kids. And, you know, nowadays, like we, you know, I posted much more about my kids, you know, 15 years ago when there were less restrictions and less, fear and we just Facebook was a new thing and now I'm you know careful about their privacy and about you know even even the essay that I wrote for your platforms to be you know I asked my kids are you okay with this can you read it first and I really want to send it if you'll let me and I You know, so my kids have been good about letting me share nuggets and snippets. And so there are a few stories about, you know, Justin as a kid, and he was kind enough to let me include those. So thank you, Justin.
4: Absolutely.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely try to vet the stories, at least with the older kids. I mean, the younger kids might change their mind. What is your, what is the spread? How old are all your kids now? I'm 23. So Justin's almost 20, You are 23, yeah, I'm 23. 23. I don't even want to tell
1: you how old I was when I got married. So that's scary for me that I have a 23 year old sitting next to me. And then I have one that's turning 21. So he's a sophomore in college. And then I have a 16 year old. And then my daughter on Monday is turning 15. Aww. So I'm still in high school with two and three boys and then the girls. So you see how that kind of went we kept going and going and yeah it could have know. been
4: a uh, hundred boys and then the girl I think they would have kept going until they got that <laughs> one girl I don't,
1: so. um, <laughs> I don't think so but yeah it's been a good it's been a good journey you know it's just a lot four is a lot as you know and any numbers a lot really it's you know it's 24 7 and even when they're grown and out of the house your heart still feels connected and you want to you know be there for the times they need to share with you and support you and and ask you for advice. And then you want them to make their own mistakes too and and try not to just catch them every time and and feel how they, see how they get through that. Because I don't know, Justin, how does it feel to be a young adult now on your, sort of on your own out in the All world?
4: Right. It's, it's, it's good, I've, <laughs> I've, I've been enjoying kind of charting my own path but also knowing that you know I've, I've got a place to come back to if, if that's, that's where I find myself. <laughs> good.
3: <laughs> Oh, that's really sweet. It's so funny, Cynthia, your kids, we have like the same spread, but they're all just like a little bit older. Yep. So I'm going to have to get your advice is mine. Like
1: I'm saying we're friends. You don't understand why I've been like, I get I was it. So I get
3: it. I get it.
1: You and pursue you. And then, you know, when you saw that boarding school book and you invited us on the show, I will say just I, the first phone call was Justin in Boston. And I said, look, I love this lady. I love what she's doing. I love how she's helping. Authors and and I I just love how real and down to earth you are, Zibby, and just you're a good human being and you just I like glom onto that and I like making new friends and meeting new interesting people. So Justin did this for me for his mom you, as Justin. well as you know. But I, I'm so glad he did and I'm so glad that, that our son was really the catalyst to bring you and I together. Yeah, so so it's, it has been a lot of fun. So
3: do you not usually do you live in the same place? normally you you're, you're so you're in Boston. So you're not even.
4: Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm in Boston. I've I've been here visiting, but I guess I still call home for part of the summer because I guess one of the perks of of being a teacher is that I've I've got the summer more or less off. And so I've been a little bit more mobile now that I've been in the summer. But um, no, I, I spend the school year most of my time in Boston. I'm kind of in that, you know, liminal state between childhood and adulthood where like I still have my, you know, bedroom at my parents' house that I go to and, and feel comfortable going to. And yet I also am sort of Living my own life, it's a little bit of a. You should
3: write a book called "Can I Still Call It Home?" That's so interesting. You said that. That's great, right? I mean, that's such a perfect. I mean, there's so many people in your position, and obviously, every year more and more. It's like it's so rotating, cross section. But
1: I know I'm going to sleep on Justin's couch in November when I come visit you. You know, hopefully for that that author retreat. I I
4: think I think I will give her the bed. And (laughs) yes, you will.
3: That is the right thing to do. There you go. Thank you. And he'll change the sheets, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah,
4: I might be pushing him
3: <laughs> We'll see. We'll so, see. Cynthia, what do you like to do when you're not writing and mothering? You know, I
1: have some, you know, good girlfriends that I've collected through the years. So I love spending time with them when I can. And it's been more through Zoom, but starting to be in person again, which has been nice. And I, you know, I enjoy reading a lot. So I've been following, I've been doing what I'm calling my homework. I'm reading lots of books on your list so that I can kind of stay current, which which has been great. And, you know, I've got a great partner. I I married a great guy who we enjoy. You know, we got some shows we binge and we walk the dog at night. We're pretty boring, actually. We don't, you know, we don't have a lot of too many highs and lows. I
4: can't (laughs) confirm they are pretty (laughs) boring.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but um, but we we were able to make one family vacation this summer, which was you know like you needed a PhD to get all the testing and all the arrival and departure and and navigate all of that. But we we made some good family memories with all six of us, which it's really hard to get. Everyone on a similar schedule as they get older and they're off of school schedules, so we managed to to squeeze a trip in, which was really fun, and yeah, and then just you know writing, you know, writing here and there, writing essays, writing some articles, and and doing book book related things is really kind of my. It's been a great career because it's something I can do and be a mom, and it's fun when my kids share in sharing it in some way and the love of it. And, you know, I pre- pretty much everyone's kind of readers. Some are more audiobook readers. My husband's maybe the one that's not a reader. He reads legal documents and that's like enough for him. He doesn't want to do it for recreation.
3: <laughs> I've actually heard but, that from some other lawyers. They're like, I read all day and I'm like, but that's what, that's a different kind of reading. But they're like, no, 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 I'm done. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah I've heard that that's, that's quite a bit. That's, so what advice from both of you, please, would you have for aspiring authors?
4: I guess I come more from the the English teacher's perspective here because I teach a few, you know, classes full of of aspiring authors, I guess. And what what I like to tell them, which is something that w- one of my favorite English teachers actually in high school told me, is to write in the way that they wish they could speak rather than I think some of the English teachers will tell you, you know, your your authorial voice, write write the way that you speak, write how you speak, be authentic in that way. But for me, I see writing as this opportunity to to do something that I wish I could do when I was talking, you know, that, I, that I, I, I I wish I could speak as well as I wrote. And so writing is your opportunity to, you know, sometimes like if you're in the shower after an argument or something like that and you're going through, oh man, I wish I could have said X, Y, or Z. I would have laid it out so well. Writing is your opportunity to do that. Don't write how you speak. Write, write in the way that you wish you could speak. I
3: like that. Oh, yeah.
1: Justin, that's a good one. A good I mean, one. I, I kind of, Unfortunately, I kind of do the opposite. So I am trying to learn from my son because I tend to just spew it all out there and and that's my voice. But I, wow, learn, see, there you go. Learn something from, from your kid and the English teacher. So my, I have two quick ones. My first piece would just be through the years. Many people have asked me, how do you write books? How do you publish a book? What did, you know, give me your advice. And my first piece of advice is just write. just Just do it. You have an idea for a book, do it. And a lot of times people are like, oh yeah, I should, how do I start? Well, you know, you write a few chapters and you write a proposal and you do a table of contents and a bio and you just put it together. You just do it, you start writing. So one would be just do it. But the other would be, which I actually learned early from Justin. And then, so three of my books I've co-authored and I will say finding a partner, is phenomenal when you you can feel kind of less lonely. You can feel motivated by your partner. You can feel supported. You can pick up where each other leaves off. You can split chapters. You can edit each other's work. I mean, there's really, even if it's just the exercise of writing with someone, not necessarily a book with someone, but maybe start with writing and co-authoring an essay with someone. And that's what Jen and I want to do. Our next essay for you is about being right you know writing with a partner but really i love just the idea of having someone to do it with because it makes it less isolating and less lonely because it's kind of a lonely craft until you put it out there and then for me the writing the writing was more the homework and the fun part was sharing it with people and talking to people about it and for a lot of writers it's they just, they want to kind of write and then move on to the next thing they write. And it's a more maybe introverted process. So my partner and I, Jen, our styles really complemented each other well, and it was a great experience and just, I couldn't have done it without her.
3: Wow. Well, I think it's very complimentary advice because I totally understand what Justin's saying. I often feel like I can write better than I can speak. Like it's what I would want to say. It just doesn't always come out that, you know, I I get what you're saying. I totally get it. But I also get Cynthia's advice, which is like, don't get in your own way and just sort of like sit down and start doing it and then see what happens. So, yeah, love it. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> well, thanks to both of you. This is so nice. It's like meeting old friends or something. So it's been great to no, meet no, you. I hope I meet you. And I guess I'll see you in November, Cynthia. And that'll be yeah. fun. Excited
1: to so see you in November. I want to know, Zuby, is this your first mother-son ever podcast interview? Like are we uh, or have you
3: had? I think it must be. That it
4: must be. a good new genre for you, actually. <laughs> mother-son, you know, the the, the the authors and their son. That could be a good mom. Moms and son don't have time to <laughs> there podcasts.
3: aren't that many moms and sons who have both written books i've <laughs> done i've done interviews with my son like interviewing other people although he's more and more reluctant to do that but yeah i think you might be one and only yeah, yeah. amazing well it's exciting to be the first right. of, of anything but we <laughs> we just appreciate the time
1: that you've given us to share a little bit about who we are and what we've been doing what we've been up to and we will continue to be Big fans. I mean, I Justin's a little busier and doesn't really go. Oh, no, I, I,
4: I have the water bottle and all of that now. She, oh my gosh! She the swag guys are me. so funny. <laughs> the swag is all. The swag is there. So anyway, oh my thank gosh. you so
3: much. Well, thank you, and the Parent Compass. Thank you for writing this and helping so many other parents like us sort of get through these years. So that's really great. Thank,
4: thank you. you. Take care. Thanks for having me. Bye. Us.
3: Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.